HD1079 Life, James here with you. Got an absolutely huge show tonight, and I'm I'm serious, it's huge. Uh, I got a chance to speak to Neil McGoran just this morning. He is the new director of Catholic Education throughout the whole of South Australia. So it was great to sit down with him and have a bit of a chat with him. He's such an inspirational guy, and his vision uh, and excitement about where schools and Catholic education and Catholic faith within schools is gonna be going over the future. So it was great to sit down with him and have a chat about that. We've also got big updates on the Australian Catholic Youth Festival. The program is out. It's up on their website. We are going to be playing some music from bands that are featured there, uh, including international and interstate bands, as well as a bit of a chat about the other speakers and things like that who are there as well. We've also got music, brand new stuff from Rachel Platten, Gus and Iggy, Gorvey and Imagine Dragons. But right now, this is Jonas Blue. You're listening to ArchD 1079 Life. Brand new for Dean Lewis. You're listening to ArchD 1079 Life. We've got Madison and Kesha on the way in the next 10 minutes. And I am here with the new director of Catholic Education in South Australia, Dr. Neil McGoran. Can I just call you Neil? Is that okay? Absolutely, Jay. James, thank you. Fantastic. Uh, now, uh, Neil, you've come here, you've been in the job, was it three weeks, four weeks? Three weeks now, and thoroughly enjoying it. What's been the thing that you've sort of found since you've been here that's kind of surprised you, something that you weren't expecting so far? Well, I must say I was expecting to be welcomed rather warmly, and that's been the case. And I suppose something that has surprised me pleasantly is just how hope-filled people are in the work that they're doing with young people in schools, and just how successful Catholic schools are, and how successful they want to continue to be in the future. Now, prior to coming here, uh, a lot of people may know that you were the uh, chief executive of the SACE board. You were there for about four years. So essentially shaping the way that year 11s and 12s are assessed and taught to a certain degree uh, in all the schools in South Australia. Were there any things that happened during the time that you were there that you're really proud of? Absolutely. And I was just thinking of young people perhaps in schools now who have just completed schooling. They probably don't know much about the SACE, even though they're doing it or have just completed it. So the first thing is the SACE is offered here in South Australia. It's in the Northern Territory and it's in four countries in Asia as well. And it's really interesting. So it's an international qualification for one. The second thing is that it, it has tried to identify what is it that a young person needs to know and be able to do to live successfully as a, a person in society, as somebody in employment, as a member of a family, somebody who wants to do further learning. And I reckon that's the key for, for us. If we could just understand what those skills and capabilities are, then we're going to be able to support young people to excel in their lives. I mean, essentially what you're talking about is you're talking about critical thinking, citizens of the world rather than people who get really high ATAR scores and, and get into a good university course. Was there a moment where uh, everything kind of shifted and changed that you were aware of in terms of, I guess, historically? That's a really good question. So this sort of thinking actually was going on in 1980, would you believe? And it's just taken... I don't think I would believe it because <laughs> I, I was, uh, well, I was very young at that particular point, but I remember back back then we were talking a lot more about just simply getting high marks, getting into a good course and getting a good career. None of this stuff about, you know, uh, being members of good teams or, or being a good contributor to the world uh, economy and, and social structure. Well, I suppose the major change there, as you think about it, and it happened during the, the 1980s, was the question, 
what is the purpose of senior secondary education? You know, who is it for? And the answer back then was, well, it's actually for universities to be able to select students into their courses. The answer now is not that. The answer is it's for everybody. It's for the young person to be able to to learn and develop the capacities that he or she needs to live life to the full. It's for employers who want young people coming through who have the skills that they need to improve their business. It is for the universities, but it's for the universities requiring those young people to come in and to do creative research and problem solve. It is for society because we want young people to be growing up aware of their impact on others and the important role they play in society. So it's changed immensely. It's so exciting. Yeah. But for young people, I keep saying to them, we firstly, we're proud of you because you are amazingly talented. And secondly, if you could just harness that talent for good, wouldn't that be wonderful for you? But we're going to be a better society because of that. Now you're here um, as the Director of uh, Catholic Education. You've been here three solid weeks. Um, from what you've kind of seen, what do you think is kind of the biggest, most exciting challenge for you right now? Well, I think the biggest challenge is just helping to communicate or to have appreciated the huge impact that Catholic schools have in South Australia. So graduates from Catholic school, I think, have great hope. They definitely have choices and they most certainly have a conscience. And I think those three things together ensure that the young people themselves, but those that are the beneficiaries of meeting young people, whether that's just in society or in a workplace or at university, actually get that sense of optimism. I think that's the greatest thing about education, but certainly about Catholic education, is that you actually come to it with a sense of excitement and I'm going to make a difference, however small, but when everybody is making that difference, however small, it adds up into a very powerful change. This being Catholic education, our faith tradition informs and underpins everything we do in schools. And there's been a lot of discussion recently about making the Catholic experience more relevant and contemporary for students while retaining all of its core principles with more focus on showing the many different ways it means to be Catholic and express being Catholic. Now, are there any particular examples that you've seen of this, what they call it recontextualization or enhancing Catholic identity? They're all the, the, the really highfalutin uh, academic terms for it. But are there any examples that you've seen of this that you find really particularly exciting? I, I do. I suppose the challenge for all of us is to try to describe, well, what do we mean by that Catholic identity and how does that get enhanced in a school? I heard the Archbishop describe this really well when he was talking to the student leaders last Sunday night, and he said that essentially there are two things that we're trying to do. One is to, to love God, and the second is to love our neighbour. And I've heard that described elsewhere as engaging with Jesus and then trying to go out and make a change to the world. When you put it like that, either the way the Archbishop has done it or the way perhaps uh, Father Philip Marshall has done it when he's talking about the the eight characteristics of gospel, he's really being able to, to nail it into, yes, if I can come to understand and learn a bit more about Jesus, I'd be quite impressed with what he did in his life and his mission. And if I tried to act like that myself in all of my relationships with the people 
that I see in my family and the people in my school and the people who are in most need of help, then I would suggest that I'm really enhancing the Catholic identity of my school and probably also of my community and of my state. I think that we see a lot, you know, the Catholic faith being such an old one and having such rich history and and, and lineage and tradition. It's very easy, I think. I think you've nailed it when you're talking about the things that really do matter, the things that really do sit at the heart of the Catholic faith. And quite often... It's very easy, I think, to get caught up in, I guess, the um, the iconography, the symbols and all those sorts of things, and in a way forget those real intentions of, of what Jesus was really telling us. Yes, and it does make it very complex for all of us, and especially for young people. So the, the icons are important because they do provide a sense of identity, but the identity itself is probably created by your relationships with other people. And yeah. so they would sit back and say, gee, that, that girl over there, she's really, really uh, informed by her faith, isn't she? And you say, well, how did you come to that conclusion? And they would say, well, what I see her do and the way I see her respond to people in need and the way I see her talk about her own relationship with Jesus, I think that's the powerful way. Yeah. And for young people, and my daughters are like this too, and I, I don't mean to generalise, but for them, they're really called to action. That's what inspires yeah. them. In, interested in that, that life and mission of Jesus and saying, okay, look how many people he inspired, and he's inspiring me too, and he's inspiring me to go out and to think about those who are less fortunate than me. So you see young people there doing the sleep out, for Vinnie's sleep out. You're seeing young people supporting those who are homeless. You see young people working in, to provide food for those who are less fortunate. You see young people saying grace at night in their family homes, thinking about those people who are less fortunate than themselves. I think they're all signs of Catholic identity. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate how busy you are and for fitting me in. And uh, wonderful to have you here uh, leading us forward in Catholic education for the future. Thank you very much, James. ArchD Radio on 107.9 Life. That's Rachel Platten. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. James here with you. I wanted to give you an update about the Australian Catholic Youth Festival. The program is now up. Uh, just a couple of spots, I think, are still to be filled, but pretty much all of the three days that is december 7th to 9th have now been filled with amazing people that are going to be there um matt maher of course is the one who really stands out probably the biggest name in contemporary catholic music today in the world he's performed at so many world youth days uh you know he uh sang on copacabana beach in rio that was one of the most amazing experiences i have seen musically at a mass it was absolutely incredible also from overseas, Emily Wilson is coming over too. She's uh, all sorts of things, a musician, an author, a speaker, really, really engaging. Steve Angrisano will be back, of course, a real favourite here. Uh, also uh, festival favourites like Father Rob Galea, Genevieve Bryant, Father Chris Ryan, Sister Mary Rachel. So many people, oh, Gary Pinto, Natasha Pinto, Emma Frad, uh, amazing singer-songwriter who uh, I think studied in Port Pirie, uh, moved over to Canada for a number of years. She's now in Brisbane. Uh, Therese Nichols, of course, is another fantastic speaker 
as well. I think she's from Melbourne, uh, but so many different workshops are being offered. So many music stages. Our very own Peter Beerer is over there with Secret Hill with his wife, Lauren. They're going to be performing a number of time on stages. Uh, but before we get into the rest of them in depth, let's hear a bit. One of my favorite songs of all time. This is Matt Maher. You're listening to ArchD 1079 Life. That's Imagine Dragons. You're listening to ArchD 1079 Life. James here with you. We've got Gus and Iggy and Gorvey coming up very shortly. Just having a look at the moment at the uh, Australian Catholic Youth Festival program. It's up there on their website now. If you go to youthfestival.catholic.org.au forward slash program schedule. Oh, look, I'm just going to stick it up on the RHD Facebook page. Go to Facebook, look for RHD Radio. I'll, I'll have it up there. Uh, it's really detailed now. So you've got all of the three days uh, in separate tabs, Thursday, December 7th, Friday, December 8th, and Saturday, December 9th. I'm looking at it right now. There's so much stuff. It's incredible. The first plenary that's happening uh, on the Thursday is happening at 9.30 a.m. in uh, the arena Archbishop Anthony Fisher, Matt Ma, and Father Rob Galea are going to be at that first plenary. So, so big. Also on that same day, uh, performing on stages, you've got Emma Frad, Sister Hilda Scott will be doing a talk about God's love in a secular world. Father Rob Galea is doing a workshop, Mission Possible, Figuring Out God's Call. Genevieve Bryant uh, is going to be doing a workshop called Sound of Joy. You remember Genevieve, she had uh, the song Pure of Heart was the theme for the last Australian Catholic Youth Festival. Steve Agrasano is doing a workshop, Take Up Your Cross. Gary and Natasha Pinto are doing uh, a workshop called The Hard Road to Overnight Success. And that's just day one. That's just a little bit of day one. So look, if you want to get more information, like I said, jump onto our Facebook, look for RHD Radio. Uh, we've got the link there to that page and you can have a bit of a look through everything uh, and check out this exciting event that's going to be coming up very soon so soon like it's only just really a couple of months away now it's so close it's amazing but what i'd love to play for you is one of the musical acts that is one of my favorites i absolutely adore them they're from wollongong they're called gus and iggy uh named after saint augustine and saint ignatius uh two girls amazing singer songwriters this was from an ep that they put out last year called i still wide which is a huge favorite of mine this is a track from that ep this is Tim it to ride. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. That's Gus and Iggy. You're listening to ArchD 107.9 Life. That's about all we have time for tonight. Unfortunately, you can check out all of the stuff that I've talked about on tonight's show on our Facebook, on our Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just look for everything at ArchD Radio. Uh, we've got uh, lots of information, lots of photos of shows that we've produced out and about in school everywhere lots of great stuff there uh i will see you here every wednesday night from nine every saturday night from 10 please stay tuned to 1079 life for more of your music and i will see you again in a couple of days bye